Hi, welcome back to Let's Talk Forex with Alison and Chris. This is our 12th episode. Um, last week, we started covering the top 10 beginner mistakes. We got through mistakes one through five. Uh, if you haven't heard that yet, go back and listen to it uh, on your favorite podcast provider. Um, in this episode, we're going to cover the next five mistakes. Um, I hope you find it useful. And remember, please like, share, subscribe. Um, and thanks for listening. Chris, how are you doing? Hey, Alison. Yeah, I'm pretty good, thanks. How are you today? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. I had a good run this morning, so I'm feeling very um, energetic and uh, ready to talk about our topics today. Oh, fantastic. Didn't go running this morning, but I climbed a mountain yesterday, which is really good, especially here in the summertime, you know. It's so beautiful to go uh, to go hiking. Anyway, should we, should we move on to what we're going to talk about today? Yeah, so today we, we're basically going to continue with the second part of our two-part series on the top 10 beginner mistakes. Um, last week we went through the top five mistakes. So for all our listeners out there, if you haven't listened to the top five mistakes, go back and listen to our podcast. You'll find it on the homepage of, of all our websites. Um, and with that, we'll basically jump into our sixth mistake, which is lack of a trading plan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Lack of a trading plan. This is basically, you can't really expect to trade Forex profitably without a trading plan. A trading plan helps Forex traders treat uh, trading more like a business than, than a hobby or, or, or gambling. And if you're going to run a successful business, then you need a business plan. Everybody knows this. As part of a trading plan, you can keep a trading journal. So you keep track of your profits, your losses, what trades you make. And this is really important for constant improvement. Uh, you can do performance analysis. Um, and you can always see you can see where you're improving and where you're not improving, and where you can and how you can fix those. But a trading plan is a written document. It should outline your strategy. It defines uh, what you trade, how you trade, and when you trade. Uh, it should include which instruments you're trading, what time of the day that you're trading, what time frames you use, and especially what time frames you use for analyzing uh, data, doing technical analysis. Um, and you should outline before you went in your trading plan, you should outline your risk management rules. So this is exactly how you're going to enter trades, how you're going to exit trades. And you should do this for both winning and losing. And it allows you, once you've got a trading plan in place and you once you understand your instruments and the instruments and how they operate and the price movements within the timeframes, you'll begin to recognize trends and patterns in those instruments. And when you, so when you set rules, for entering trades and for exiting trades, you'll learn where to set your stop losses. And, and what this will do is prevent you from making larger losses. And over time, with, uh, with a good performance analysis, your, your losses will become smaller and smaller on your losing trades. Um, as part of a trading plan, what I do, um, what I recommend, and I think is a, is a good rule of thumb, is never risk more than 2% of your total trading capital per trade and never trade more than 5% of your trading capital in any given day. What this does is it prevents you from, um, from treating trading like gambling, and it prevents you from getting addicted to day trading. It forces you to stick to a trading strategy, and it stops you from trading emotionally. What happens a lot of traders when they, when they make losses? Uh, they lose a lot of money, and your immediate instinct is to trade again. And this is basically gambling, to trade again and try and recoup your, your losses. But a good trading plan will prevent you from doing that. 
um, as long as you stick to it and prevents you from from trading on emotion, prevents you from turning your uh, turning forex trading into gambling. I was going to ask what what type of uh, trading plan you have in place, Chris. But you you just said now that you you don't trade more than two percent of your capital per trade, and you never trade more than five percent a day, which is which is I think a very good rule of thumb. Yeah, and I don't I, I don't want to talk about my trading plan here because I mean that would be giving financial advice, which is legal for us to do. But that two percent, five percent, that that is something we can definitely talk about, and it's and it's I find it's really helpful. It was really helpful for me when I started out, and I think it'll be really helpful for a lot of beginners listening to this. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it prevents you from trading emotionally, which brings us to our seventh mistake. So emotional trading is is something that's very easy to do because uh, trading can cause a lot of sort of high and low emotions, depending on whether you're losing or winning. Um, but emotional and impatient trading often leads to irrational and unsuccessful trading. So that's what we, that's what the the trends show. And traders frequently open additional positions after losing trades to compensate for previous loss. Basically, like like what you'd find in a, a casino. Gamblers often go and put in more money, especially if they've lost money, to try and recuperate what they've lost. But this often leads, leads to even greater losses, um, and it's obviously driven by fear and greed. And uh, this is where rational thought goes out the window, which is why it's important to have a trading plan in, in place. Um, and these trades also have no educational or market research backing. Um, so it's it's very important to, as you said, Chris, to have a trading plan in place so that you're not trading emotionally. Um, what we find is is emotional trading is also psychologically damaging and can be very stressful. Um, and that's because it's it's obviously based on fear um, rather than, you know, having some sort of way to gauge how your trades are going that, that is sort of more objective, you know, based on a plan. And it also means that that if you, you're trading emotionally, you don't take advantage of possible trading opportunities, but you also then may over trade. So if you get very excited about making a big one, you might then trade more than the 5%, for example, per day, like you were talking about. So basically, emotional trading can, can lead to, to over trading, and it can lead to under trading and missed opportunities, because uh, you just can't cope with the stress. So as you said, Chris, it's very important to have a trading plan in place, just so that you don't you don't find yourself trading based on emotions. Yeah, exactly. Emotional trading is 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 bad, as you say, on both sides, um, both the fear side when when you lose heavily and then um, you start making you start trying to claw it back, and then also as you mentioned, equally, and a lot of people don't realize this is the greed side. You know, people make a big big win and they go, "Oh yeah, I'm going to put I'm going to put more money in," and and they'll break through that five percent, and and all you're really doing is adding to your risk. And one thing I want to mention here is uh, a common practice. Uh, which people rationalize, um, they they think they think it's not trading emotionally is uh, adding to a losing day trade, and this is called um, in stock trading. This is called averaging down, and it is actually a common practice in stock trading. So as as the price falls of a stock, you buy more and more of it as it goes down. And what you're doing is you're bringing the cost of your your holding of the stock. You're bringing that down with you. And this is this is used by a lot of big investors. Warren Buffett famously uses it. Um, but this is an investment strategy. This is for stock trading. And this is for positional long-term holdings of stock trading. If you attempt to do this in Forex trading or any other CFD, any other trading where you're using leverage, uh, where you're trading on a margin, 
all you're doing is increasing your risk massively. You are not averaging down. You are you are increasing your risk, and it's going to get more and more dangerous as you as you as you purchase more and more, and you'll end up being closed out. You'll end up being closed up. The, the, your broker will end up closing out your positions. I can almost guarantee you. So don't try and rationalize adding to your losing day trade. This is still trading emotionally, and you're not you're not you're not averaging down as you would in stock trading. I think that's a very important um, point that you made, Chris. It's, this is very different to stock trading and holding stocks for for long term trading. And I think a lot of people get a little bit confused between the two. Um, mm -hmm. You know, trading with leverage and um, short term trading is very different to long term trading. So it is something to be aware of. Sorry, I, I don't know what you were going to say there. No, it's all right. I was going to move on to the eighth mistake. But I mean, I would like to hear what you think about the eighth mistake. <laughs> so our eighth mistake is following the crowd or sentiment trading um, and this is a huge mistake that many beginners make so many forex brokers have a sentiment indicator on their site uh, often you'll see the, the green signifies the percentage of traders that are buying a certain instrument and the red signifies traders that are selling a certain instrument um, and a lot of traders, especially beginners, because they, you know, they obviously lack the expertise in trading and, and they, they don't really understand market analysis or fundamental analysis too well. So what they do is they, they go and trade based on what other traders are doing. And often these, these sentiments can be correct. Um, we were actually just chatting about it earlier. We've got a, a, we actually don't, we have a technical analysis indicator on, on our sites, on our, our currency pair pages. Um, but it, it changes depending on the time frame that you look at. So that's one thing that people don't always realize is that there are different time frames um, that you have to be aware of in the, in the sentiment indicators. Um, but the other thing is that although the sentiment can be right, what we find on, on according to the stats is that most Forex traders lose money. So it, it's important to ask yourself if you're going to follow the crowd um, of the 60 to 90% of traders that lose money, um, you know, if it's a good idea. And especially if you're just following the crowd without doing your own research. So what we find um, from our experience is that having these sentiment indicators is important um, to alert you to a trading opportunities and trading ideas, but it shouldn't be the sole basis for making your trading decisions. So in a nutshell, they're very useful sentiment indicators, but they can also lead to, to a loss of money if it's all you're relying on for your trading ideas. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Uh, always use, do your own research and um, and then, yeah, have a look at them. As you say, useful things, but um, your research is going to be the number one reason um, for making, for entering and exiting trades. Which brings us on to mistake number nine, which is making correlated trades or trading correlated instruments. Um, so correlated instruments are instruments that, that tend to have the similar price movement. Um, so there's positive correlation. So, uh, instruments will move together. There's negative correlation where they'll, they're still correlated, but they're negatively correlated. So when one goes up, the other will go down. And then there's also no correlation, um, where there's, where there's, uh, there's no real pattern at all between the two. So some instruments are really strongly correlated. So a, a very common negative uh, correlation are airline stocks and oil prices. As uh, oil prices go up, airline stocks will go down and vice versa. The Euro USD and the USD CHF, the USD Swiss franc, uh, are negatively correlated. And strangely also, the GPB, the pound sterling USD, and the FTSE 100. And this is because most uh, members of the FTSE 100 make money overseas in US dollars. So as the dollar strengthens, 
against the against the pound, they're actually buying more purchasing power inside the UK. So those are those are some common negative correlated instruments. Positive correlated, I mean the most the most common, uh, the most famous is the Euro USD and the GPB USD, uh, the British pound and the US dollar. I mean these will these tend to move together. And then also use in a similar fashion the Australian dollar and the US dollar and the Euro US dollar. They're also positively correlated. And what a uh, common mistake for beginners is they'll often they'll trade two correlated instruments. And what this is all this is doing is increasing your risk. You're putting all your eggs in one basket. So what you want to do, what you do want to do instead is you want to trade two negatively correlated instruments. And this will act as a hedge. So if you if you make a wrong bet or you make a bad trade on one, then you should, um, if the negative correlation is strong enough, you should have a cover and that will cover some of your losses. And if you so if you believe in diversification, um, you know, as many people are, then you're inclined to do multiple day trades at the same time instead of just one. Uh, thinking you're spreading your risk. And if you are doing this and you're doing it with correlated instruments, then you're not spreading your risk at all. You're just increasing it. So check for correlation first um, before you before you start trading. Absolutely. And that's where your research comes in. So it's very important to, mm -hmm. to understand that before you start trading. Um, and the last mistake, the 10th mistake, is trading when you're not enjoying it. I think a lot of people sort of get into trading because they think it looks cool and there's money to be made. But if it's not exciting you, if you don't feel motivated, if you're not interested in the financial markets or getting to learn platforms or, you know, you don't have the time for it and it becomes more and more frustrating to you, um, you know, it might be something that you you may want to give up or the other alternative is to find they call PAM accounts where other people can can trade for you if it's something you sort of want to have a bit of a hand in but but you don't want to do yourself um, find another way to do it or just get out um, I think a lot of people sort of get out when they they find that they're consistently losing money with a win rate of less than fifty percent over a period of months and in this case we would say cut your losses and you know find something else to do. Absolutely. And then this is something that I, I bang on about quite a lot is that like not everybody is cut out for forex trading. Um, as we mentioned earlier, you know, that you shouldn't trade emotionally and that it's um, and that a lot of trading can be driven by fear and greed. And in order to not um, to avoid trading with fear and greed, in order to avoid trading emotionally, you need to be disciplined and you need to stick to your trading plan and you need to not get stressed out by sticking to your trading plan, even when it feels like it's not working. And some people just aren't cut out for that. And that's okay. You know, there's a lot of other things to do in life than Forex trading. Yeah. Uh, and with that, Chris, um, I guess we should sort of chat about what we're going to do next week. Next week, we decided we're going to look at uh, execution models, the different execution models, and why it's important, why trade traders should understand execution before they choose a broker. Because um, it can have a very big impact on, on the type of trading you'll do and just in terms of your risk as well. Yeah, absolutely. Trading, yeah, execution is something that's poorly understood and I think poorly poorly explained in a lot of places. So we're going to break it down and yeah, uh, run through run through the ins and outs of the various execution models for uh, for the listeners. Great. Well, that nice chatting to you today, Chris, and uh, we'll chat next week again. Yeah, sounds good, Alison. You take care. You too. Bye, Chris.